Oh, doing? Cat. Uh, <clears throat> five, four, three, two. Hi, I'm Bill Crystal. It's great to have Gene Shalit now on the Substandard. Much better than Vic Mavis. I chose this life. And someday, it's going to get me killed. Not today. Hello and welcome back to the Substandard brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. Stop spending a fortune on gimmicky shave tech you don't need. Make the smarter choice by joining Dollar Shave Club. Get your first month for only five bucks with free shipping by going to dollarshaveclub.com slash substandard. I'm Victor Mattis, along with Jonathan V. Last and Sonny Bunch. I'd like to remind you that The Substandard is available on iTunes, Google Play, and now Stitcher. Just look under podcast, search for Substandard, you'll easily find us. Please subscribe, tell your friends, leave a review. In addition, we'd also like to remind you that Substandard show notes posted by Jonathan Last are available most Fridays at 11 a.m. at weeklystandard.com. Gentlemen, how are we? Sonny. Uh, I'm great. I uh, I just finished Dune. I just finished, uh, you know. That's like how many pages is that? It was. Uh, it's like 800 pages, something like how that. How long did it take you to finish? It took me about two weeks, but it would have taken less time. It's a quick read, actually. It, but it would have taken less time if I hadn't like had to fly out to California and stuff. There did there was a lot of lost reading time. You're, um, you're, a, you're a fast reader. No, I'm not. I'm actually in a really... If I could pay like $5,000 to double my reading speed, I would do it in a second because I'm just... I'm actually a remarkably slow reader. You know how long 800 pages would take me? 800 years. <laughs> well, that, all right, fair enough. I'm faster than you, okay. but that's... Yes. That. Uh, and it was it was it's the it's another of these sci-fi books that I kind of missed as a child and am and am catching uh, up on right now. The other is Orson uh, Scott Card's Ender's Game, yes, which I read when the the movie was coming out. And it is it's very kind of interesting to think about these two movies or these two books uh, from a from the perspective of an adult reading them because it's very clear what makes them popular to like teenage boys in particular. The protagonists of both are like kind of these. Uh, uh, genius experts who are also like filled with righteous violence and expert experts at hand-to-hand combat who also are like super sensitive and can kind of see every how all of the things are playing out around yeah. them and are also geniuses who are like smarter than everyone around them so it's like I read these books and I'm like wow so basically if you want to create a best-selling book that will appeal to young boys you just have to come up with a character who is a, a genius uh, narcissist who's brilliant <laughs> at combat and can fulfill all of the fantasies of young teenage boys who are like feel maligned and uh, at war with the world. Their their wish fulfillment for gifted and talented adolescents. Yes, right. Exactly. Yeah. I don't plan on reading any more of the Dune books, but like it, it was it was it's fine. I'm, so I'm like a kind series. Of, it's not just one. Oh yeah, there's oh there's gosh. like a hundred of these books. Can right. I can I make a suggestion for you? Yeah, sure. You should read Shadow of Ender. There's a whole mm. universe of Ender's game. Yeah, I read books. those books. Yeah. But did you the Shadow, yeah. which is the one we were, which tells the Where same they story Bean. but following Bean yeah, yeah. and which is better than Ender's Game, I think. More I interesting. I don't know if it's better, but I do think it is like kind of a... It, it feels like a more fully thought out series yes. because he had the template to follow from yes. from the from the Ender's books. I actually really... I, I, I really like uh, the... the the What the first Ender sequel where he's like the... He's, he's sad because he's a genocidal uh, killer. 
Gotta do it. Gotta do. Has to live on the, that planet. Did did, uh, did reading the book make you more inclined to watch the movie or less inclined? Uh, I don't know how to answer that. But I, I mean, mean, did, I, mean, I, did it like, make you I, think I was that going the movie to, is good? But here's or the less? problem: I was going to have to watch it anyway because I I was going to review it, and this is why I was reading it. I was only reading it because I was going to watch it and review it. Um, uh, it's a long movie too. It's not a long movie. No, it's less it's than two hours. Yeah. Is it really? Like yeah. I felt like it was like it's terrible. Hours. Yeah. yeah. It's so just not because good. Because it felt long. The reason right? it feels long is because you don't know what's going on unless yeah. you've read the book. Right. Got it. Right. Yeah. Well, that was me. So anyway. Yeah. Okay. Um, I uh, over the weekend uh, what with my family who's who are back now. Uh, oh, yeah. sorry. Oh, oh uh, I mean, I mean, I'm so glad. <laughs> oh, I'm so how did happy. You, uh, how did you spend your 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 <laughs> final days of freedom? Did you go to all of the Chinese buffets in the I area? Did. No, or? you know what? I I just did that one Hunan Gate, and then I filled up my social calendar. I saw some Germans on Thursday night. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> did you go to some beer halls? Uh, no, no, they went to Elephant and Castle. I thought uh, it was more like Elephant and the High Castle or whatever. The Elephant and the High, <laughs> the High Castle. Castle. <laughs> I I actually really like Elephant and Castle. As far as like uh, crappy uh, knockoff British pubs it's go, very it's, knockoff. it's it is like it's like the TGI Fridays. Of, it kind of, of is. British, it's that caliber. So. The, the, the poutine. Yeah, the poutine. Is oh, the I love it. In fact, I, love I think it. you and I have probably eaten there. I think at we the have. Elephant yeah, yeah, the one on Nineteenth and I. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. All right. So uh, over the on Saturday night, um, I had purchased these tickets. You know, either in May or in June, and the whole family went to Wolf Trap. Oh, uh, and we went to see Jurassic Park with the score provided by the National Symphony Orchestra. Oh, that's cool, and that was very cool. I wondered how it worked, which is, I guess, they're able to. I don't know how they're able to do it. Is it the studio do this ahead of where you're able to isolate the music? from the rest of the audio for yeah. the movie. So their dialogue is there, but there's none of the sound effects, with a few exceptions. You know, like there's some um, voice effects uh, that they use that obviously the symphony orchestra is not going to provide, like, oh, you know, in the beginning, or some weird, you know, other weird noises. But in terms of... Wait, when you say yeah. voice effects, what do you when you say sound effects, do you yeah. hear like the Tyrannosaurus roar? And oh, all yeah, that? yeah, you hear all that. Yeah, yeah. All of that is there. Um, and they, obviously that's all provided from the movie. The other interesting thing is uh, the actual dialogue, the conversation is sometimes muffled or it's it's not the best. Under, under the score. Yeah. It's not the best quality, but the score. So it's kind of like seeing a Christopher Nolan movie. <laughs> or it's like Miami Vice, right? Okay. It's Miami yeah. Vice. Uh, and, but, but the score was so impressive that there are so many moments where you forget that it's not in the movie that mm -hmm. it's actually live. Mm -hmm. And I had to remind the kids, you know, take a look at I mean, you could see what they're doing, the violinist and the harpist mm -hmm. and the drums and everything else is very, very exciting. Uh, a lot, it was packed, first of all. The mm -hmm. whole, um, there was not an empty seat in the house and the picnic area was packed. And so they have a smaller screen for the people in the picnic area so you can drink and eat. And then, but we had seats. We had seats in orchestra level. It was fantastic with a big screen. A lot of cosplay. Hmm. I did not expect that. For Jurassic Park, were they dressed up as Ian Malcolm? Yeah, uh, no, almost, no, you know, they were all Alan. Uh, they were all Dr. Grant. What? They were all dressed up, sort of wearing those blue denim shirts and the red neckerchief and the hats. And there was uh, a couple of women wearing white, like uh, blonde wigs, like Laura Dern, to be like Alan. Yes, and then uh, and then Anyone a couple. Nedry? No, no, Nedry's I think there were, we've Muldoon. got Nedry here. <laughs> Nedry, very good. Dodson, no, oh, Dodson. Dodson. Yeah, we've got yeah, Dodson. That works. No, no. I uh, think there were a lot of. Nedry's who thought they were Alan Grant. I'll just put it to you that way. Like they showed up thinking they're one, but in fact, when you looked at them, <laughs> they were the oh. other. Um, and there were some guys wearing the orange helmets 
and with the uh, with the pretend, cattle prod? yeah with the cattle that raptor prod. Yes. So nobody was there as Muldoon no, in the I shorts. Said, that's what I said. I I, if I had to go cosplay, I would easily dress up as no, Muldoon. You got to be Ian Malcolm. Uh, He's the best. Uh, you, everyone, you, wear, you can. It's the only excuse you'll ever have in public to wear like a, a shirt unbuttoned down to your navel. By the way, unless you're Bernard Henri Libby. So yes, well, very good. Surely, or some, or some Sonny, you're no <laughs> stranger to strange attractions. <laughs> uh, oh, there it goes again. Chaos theory. Uh, the 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 no, audience was talking. Very good. The audience was so into the movie. Uh, and Sabrina asked me, she goes, do you think people have seen this? I go, yes, I can guarantee you <laughs> everyone has seen this movie. Except oh, she goes, not the toddlers. I go, no, not the toddlers. Well, no, that's, she's very smart. Yeah, she's, Here's, I, I do wonder, I, I am kind of curious, would you assume that 100% of the people there have seen the movie? I would assume that's probably, except for like the small you know what children, I'll say? of course. But I'll like, say 90%. I will say 10% could be, ready for this, little kids and... Old people who are season ticket holders at Wolf Trap, and they uh, say, "Oh, let's yeah. go see the let's orchestra see. and see." Because, but there were moments where, "Oh, who's yeah. in Oz?" Or maybe people just get people, themselves people get into, into it. that. I mean, yeah, but they it's laughed. A great movie. They laughed at all the right moments, and uh, Ian Malcolm has all the best lines. Yeah. And the scene where Ian Malcolm is like basically shirtless, splayed out on the table, and he's posed in that way, the whole audience starts clapping and hooting and hollering. It was like really mm. funny that they got that. I'm really glad they're bringing him back for the Jurassic World sequel. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they brought him back for Lost World. So uh, I would say my, the last thing was I was thinking, you know what? If I had you know, to he go, dies in the book. I yep. know. I, uh, well, no, he in dies, the first one, he then dies, he comes back. He dies in the book, but then Michael Crichton in right. one of resurrected. His, he, he like he was like, oh no, he was fake dead. Right. We're in the middle of that fine. book. You were absolutely right. It's a terrible book. We yeah. haven't even finished it. It was so it's so bad. You tell um, no, the book is fantastic. The Lost, the Lost World. Oh, the Lost World yeah. was terrible. Yeah, the yeah. Lost World's yeah. terrible. Yes, first one's fantastic. So the last thought was, I was thinking, if we have to go back and you know to do this again in cosplay, I would, as you were saying, JVL, I'd go, you know, who I'd want to go as Muldoon. Yeah. And we're watching the movie. And so, well, you can wear the short shorts. Yes, and, and, but I love the hat. And then my daughter leans over to me and she goes, "You're like the lawyer." <laughs> Gennaro. Gennaro, you are, yes. you are definitely like you're a definitely I said, Oh, you a mean like the suit in the jungle, and he gets eaten. Well, thank you. I said thank you. That's that's lovely. That's Wearing more the sunny. Loafers. Yeah, I, that <laughs> sunny would be the loafers, I would definitely be a like Gennaro. Get in the water yeah, with the be, nature. No, I would. I would definitely be the one who runs into the porta potty and gets eaten. Yeah, I would be Doctor Wu. That would mean, obviously. Well, I mean. <laughs> Actually, that's a good point. You should wear a Dr. Wu. I think people, I just have to put on a white lab coat. coat. You just put on a white and coat. And they'll know that I'm B.D. Wong. Yeah, exactly. You okay. look exactly like B.D. Wong. That's, it's weird. Uh, it is very funny to think, though, of the, the season ticket holders who go to this kind of not knowing what it's about. I remember a story when, uh, so do you remember when Metallica did their uh, symphony concerts, the, the S&M shows, they called it Symphony and Metallica? Yeah, yes, yes. And yes. It, was at the, it was at the San Francisco Opera House or whatever, you know, somewhere out there. And Francis Ford Coppola, has season tickets to the opera house. And uh, James Hetfield one time was telling a story about how Francis Ford Coppola left during the intermission because he was like, ew, these disgusting rock and roll musicians. You know. uh, did you have, uh, JVL, have you gone to any more baseball games or anything like that? Uh, we have not gone. We're going to go, I think, weekend after this. There will be another bobblehead night at our... At our local oh. stadium, we'll be going to get, I think, the Bryce Harper bobbleheads. Wow. Well, you know, those baseball games, that's something to look forward to and get excited about in the summer, isn't it? But you know what gets a burglar excited for summer? Knowing that you're going to do all those things and leave your house empty. Summer is prime time for burglary. So now is the time to protect your home. For a limited time, you could take a whopping $100 off Simply Safe's special summer package. 
This is Simply Safe's biggest ever summer sale. It has everything you need to protect your home, an arsenal of security sensors to secure each door and window. Your Simply Safe system comes with a panic button, a blaring extra siren, and a wireless connection to authorities and police dispatch. Your family, your home, and everything in it stays safe around the clock. With Simply Safe, there are no long-term contracts, no installation costs, and no hidden fees. And 24/7 professional monitoring is just 14.99 a month. This summer, see what Simply Safe can do for your home. Get $100 off your summer security package at simplysafe.com/standard. Hurry, that's simplysafe.com/standard to get your $100 off. That's s i m p l i s a f e.com, simplysafe.com/standard for $100 off your purchase. Uh, I was going to jump to the, you have two options. Uh, I either jump to the next topic or I do an awful transition. Awful transition. Transition. Yeah, why, okay. why, Please. I, I don't Man, understand. You know, what it's, the... it's really important to have those alarm systems on because God forbid it, you don't and an intruder comes in, you could have a, a situation that turns into like death wish. Speaking of death wish. There we go. <laughs> that's not terrible. Uh, yeah. yeah. That was actually a pretty solid. Uh, that, that was, was okay, actually. And that wasn't even written. That's not even a script. That was just up here wow. in my noggin. Well, it's a giant knock. <laughs> there's yeah, a I mean, lot in there's there. A there's a lot, lot in there. It's kind of rattling around. Let's talk about this trailer uh, that's been getting all sorts of buzz. It's a reboot, uh, but it's a bit more than that, and timing might be rather appropriate, some might say. I'm talking about Death Wish, which comes to theaters in Thanksgiving. Woo! Family movie of the year. Family movie. Sonny, you have thoughts? Well, I, I, I mean, look, here's the thing about this trailer. Uh, it, it is a, like, totally innocuous... In 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 a in a very real way, it's a totally innocuous like Hollywood remake. Here's here's it's just IP that they're exploiting and sticking a once famous face in it, Bruce Willis, and saying, "Hey, here's the thing you remember. Let's let's go. Let's all go see this." And for something that is that innocuous, you would be surprised at how angry everyone was on the internet about it. People were really upset that you would make a movie about a guy whose family is killed by home intruders who then decides to go out and take his revenge on the underbelly of Chicago. Uh, I, I, I guess people have to be angry about something, um, so why not this? But like this, 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 this idea that you know, it is a particularly terrible or horrifying trailer is, is kind of amusing to me. I mean, my two favorite parts from the trailer, of course, are when uh, Bruce Willis kills all the bad people <laughs> and when he's like, I need to go get a gun because you know what? Guns are good. <laughs> the lesson from this trailer is that guns are good. I thought, yeah. Bad people are bad and you need guns for the bad people. I thought you were going to say that there was a lot of uproar and criticism about it because people are like, how dare you try to remake the classic Charles Bronson <laughs> movie? Well, no, I mean- like, From uh, 1974. Right, no, I mean, it, this is not, it, it, I would actually be okay with that sort of outrage because that sort of outrage is like, perfectly acceptable to me the, the people the people who are really upset about it are like how dare you move it to chicago you know there, oh. there's a real tragedy in chicago right now you know what chicago's problem isn't that they're making a movie set in chicago where criminals are running rampant chicago's problem is that criminals are running rampant jvl you saw the trailer do you have thoughts uh two thoughts First of all, is the thing the part of it the part of the outrage I understand is that I think that is transference from the outrage about the original Death Wish because the truth is the original Death Wish is an enormously reactionary movie against the liberalism of its times. Yes, 
and so you could, if you're a right-thinking progressive, uh, people were bothered by Death Wish at the time. Yeah. They are bothered by Death Wish right. retrospectively now. Uh, and so they're just transposing that onto the new movie, which is fine. What I don't understand— Is it fine, though? No, I, I want to I interrogate I'm this sorry. idea. When is I it say, fine? When I say fine, I just mean uh, comprehensible to me. Okay. I, I just mean it's a, it is a criticism I understand, even if I disagree with. Please. I mean, but it's but it's such a lazy criticism. It's it, here's here's the criticism. Have it, you ever been on the internet? The, well, okay, fine. But but the criticism is basically like, wow, the original Death Wish was fascist, so this is fascist too, and fascism is bad. So I am angry about this trailer. It's just lazy. It's it is like it is unthinking, and uh, uh, boring. It's a boring. It's, it's even worse than that. Okay, it isn't the original movie. It's fascist. It's. I need to show people out there on the internet today that I'm a good person who right. thinks good thoughts. Mm-hmm. How can I do that? Oh, somebody over here is upset about this thing from the 1970s. Yeah. I'll tell you I'm upset about mm-hmm. it too. It's it's that less I guarantee you many of them have not seen. You know? But on the the part I don't understand is the hey look it's an alt right movie. This was yeah. which is the other half of the criticisms about it. And I don't know what that means, except if alt-right has become the new neoconservative, yes. which is just a term you use to denote Throw a thing which there. is super bad. Mm-hmm. Yes. So a thing which is super not good Absolutely. is Double now alt-right good. in the way that neocon was yep. 10 years ago. A friend of mine, who I won't uh, name here to save him more hassle and heartache, called it a fascist alt-right movie, and his mentions, his menchies were R.I.P. on Twitter uh as a result and i i like i, I what does that mean what does that mean r.i.p do you know what the term r.i.p means rested rest peace. in peace his men his menchies his mentions uh-huh. his notifications R- on twitter.com uh-huh. were dead what does that mean they, because they were filled with anger and hatred <laughs> okay but He's, from which direction i guess i'm, I'm trying to un- from the understand right which, from the right oh, he was, oh, he was, oh, okay well, so okay, he okay. called it all right and then all the all right people were like oh, no see. it isn't cuck wow. you Jew cuck, you know, wow. it's so like there was a lot of that anyway. Uh, and I, I actually used those reactions to point out to him that like the movie itself is not alt right at all. Actually, these people are alt right and they're much, much worse than Bruce Willis in this trailer. Like Bruce Willis killing criminals is totally fine. These all, these uh, a-holes uh, uh, on yeah. Twitter, you mm-hmm. know, calling you a, 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 you know, using their anti-Semitic uh, vocabularies to denigrate you are actually much worse. But like this is the pr- I think you're exactly right. Alt right has become the new neocon, which is ironic in a very. Uh, amusing way and when i when i when i when i when i suggested <laughs> you know i hadn't really thought yeah, of that no, that's I, a very like, good point yeah. when i when i suggested to my friend he was wrong to, like you call it fascist fine i understand that that criticism i i think it's wrong and silly but like i understand it it's just like typical weak need left-wing film criticism of the original death wish but like the the alt-right thing is a very specific kind of conservatism and i was like look did you see any frog memes in Where's this, Pepe? Did you see any? Did you see any anti-Semitism in this? Did you see it? Like, do you think Eli Roth, Jewish filmmaker who played the bear Jew yes. uh, killing Nazis in Inglorious Bastards, is an anti-Semite, which the alt-right is uh, rife with, if not, you know, kind of defined by? And and he was like, no, yeah, well, I probably shouldn't have called it that. And I, and it and it, it made me wonder. And I think you have actually explained in a very succinct way why he would use that phrase. It is just a. It is just a like intensifier. It is like, it's like this very. Is, it's it is yeah it <laughs> very is, very very. It's, it's not just very right. It's alt right. Like so. This is a <laughs> is this the first mainstream movie that Eli Roth has directed? I was thinking about this Cabin because Fever. No, no, JVL. Hostel. He did. He did Greed Inferno. 
No, but those are all like <laughs> small kidding. genre I know, movies. I know, I know. This yeah. is like a really this yeah. is a real no, right. movie. It's a real movie with a, Bruce Willis. Right, with a wide How, release who and a real was budget. Greed Inferno. I do right. think I mean I think Hostel had a pretty wide release and a pretty decent advertising budget. So this disturbing. is definitely a yeah. this it's is a big step up for him. This right? is his Huge. biggest movie. This is a big yeah. movie. This is I would assume this is his biggest budgeted movie Definitely. by a, a fairly wide And margin. I so I am not a horror guy so I've never actually seen an Eli Roth movie. My question for you guys cuz I assume you've both seen quite especially you Vic have seen all of the Eli Roth over. Mm. Um is he a quite talented filmmaker? Yes. But it's extremely gory. Right, but I just mean like qua filmmaker. Yeah, he's he can he's do really it. really he's, 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 Look, he's, I think I think right. within his I think within his milieu uh, within like the horror milieu, he is a very talented filmmaker who does a decent job of not only introducing splatter and gore and all that, but also building tension. He kind of ratchet, ratchets up the tension uh, very well in Hostel, in particular, but also Cabin Fever. I think was mm-hmm. was like a was one of the few actually artistically successful teen horror movies of the last 20 years. I don't I don't think Green Inferno actually made it into theaters. It was I don't a think it problem, did. I think it was right? on VOD. Yeah. But it, that's right. Uh but the the idea behind it I thought was hilarious. It is. It is. It's a very and, hilarious idea. Well, I mean, I, I I do wonder so the Green Inferno, the idea behind it is these social justice warriors go to South America to save a tribe or something and they get and they end up getting eaten by cannibals. <laughs> The can the very cannibals they're, they're trying, trying to, to save. save. It's iron. It's irony, and I do. I do actually kind of wonder if Eli Roth is like not even a crypto conservative, but like actually kind of a reactionary. So I the the like this is a this is a fascist right wing movie is like it may be more true than it was back in the nineteen. What was what was the magazine that had the profile of him where he is seen reclining with a prosthetic dong stroking it? Do you remember I, this? I, I don't have I don't have a mental catalog of Eli Roth dong stroking <laughs> photos. So this is I, uh, why did you effort that right now? Slowly, no. This is one of those things where you know I have no interest in anything that Eli Roth does, and he always seems kind of like a d bag bro. And yet, in reading about him and following his work, yeah. Part of me is like eh, kind of interesting. I guess yep. I'm I guess I'm basically rooting for him. I'll see if I can find that picture yep. while you guys talk. <laughs> I uh I I I do actually kind of want to go see. I, I want to go back and watch the Green Inferno. Uh, you can see a lot of it on YouTube. I've seen all Amazon. I have seen all the highlights on YouTube. Mm. And is it like Cannibal Holocaust? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, okay, thank you. Well, that's uh, that. Yep, yep. that's oh, a, there GVL, it is. You found it, and I don't even want to know yeah. what your search terms were. I'm I'm shocked he had it right there, yeah, I just know. in a second. Yeah, I know. So I'm yeah. not on the internet. This was just in my uh, yeah, right. I, I mean, I assume <laughs> no, your don't worry. I assume your Wi-Fi is off. You don't want to interfere with the yeah. You know. In the similar vein. Oh, sorry. Oh. <laughs> uh you know what? I who I didn't recognize in the trailer was Elizabeth Shue. Mm. In uh, Death Wish trailer. Yeah, yeah. My goodness, we're all getting old. Yes, in we're, my, we're in, old. We're all going to die. In, in, my, in my, you, yes, you me, first. I'll be first. I'm hoping to make it to <laughs> 50, as you know. Um, uh, in my mind, I, I can still picture Elizabeth Shue as behind the counter in Burger King at the Burger King commercial. Huh. She was wonderful and just, you know, uh, very cheery and uh, toothy, uh, a great smile. And, uh, and then, of course, from there, she went on to do The Karate Kid. Mm. And then suddenly she was in Leaving Las Vegas. Yes. It's kind of a gap. Yeah, a little bit. You left. Oh, Adventures left in out. Babysitting. Adventures you left out the saint. Oh, yes, that's right. You was she the, the doctor? Saint. Was she the physicist? The nuclear physicist who discovered cold fusion. Yes. That that nuclear physicist. Right. 
I don't know. I've always wanted to see. She was no Christmas Jones. I've always wanted to see. Actually, actually, the second mention of the movie, which actually pairs the two of those characters (laughs) as just like nuclear physicists Mm -hmm. off in the world doing awesome research, and it's the two of them with their characters, and I think that would be awesome. That awesome movie. That would be a great movie. Uh, You can make it funny though. Like you could do it as a comedy. It would be hysterical, like Legally Blonde, but with physicists and (laughs) (laughs) yeah, do tongue in cheek, so to speak. Speaking of uh, Death Wish, it sounds like I'm... Speaking of death. Speaking of death. (laughs) Speaking of death. Come on. Don't make me write your transitions for you. It sounds like IMAX has a Death Wish for 3D. That's why I said it. See? There you go. Uh, Now, this is a story that you picked up, or which of you uh, gentlemen had uh, first seen this? Sonny, you saw it first. Uh, So what's happening in that world? So everyone who is a decent person hates 3D at the movies. This is just a fact. This is a fact of science. Everyone hates 3D. Nobody likes it. The only reason we tolerate it as filmgoers is because... Uh, the studios have decided that this is an easy way to soak money from us, and they they jam all of the good screening times into 3D slots. So if you're just like showing up at the theater and you and you and I was amazed by this. This is how a not insignificant portion of the population decides what movie they want to see on any given night. They go to the theater and they pick what's showing next. And they're just like, ah, sure, maybe the new, maybe this Dunkirk movie is good. I don't know. This is this is a thing. I am I am totally on. I am. It makes me want to uh, rethink all of my life choices because it's clear that writing about movies for a living is a fool's game. This nobody pays any attention. They just go to the multiplex and look at what's on the marquee and go in. Anyway. The didn't, studios. Didn't kids used to do that though. Didn't you do that, JVL? Well, it's one thing to go to the mall and say, "What are well, we yeah, going to see today?" What's playing? But yeah. it's, it's one thing to do that as like a thirteen-year-old. You're saying it's another thing. It's this. another thing to be an adult and go out for dinner and then afterwards be like, "Oh, well, we're going to see. I don't know, maybe a uh, Valerian. Sure, why not?" Sonny, I, have you met people? People. <laughs> why are you surprised by this? Look, I, I know that people are garbage human beings and the worst and all that, but still, it just makes me. It makes me so sad. Anyway. Uh, 3D is a thing that has been used to soak money out of us, uh, and we are tired of it. And we are so tired of it that IMAX, the people behind IMAX who run the, the big IMAX screens and you know sell the big IMAX cameras, have realized how much audiences hate it, and they are pulling back the number of IMAX 3D screenings. They're going to commit more time to 2D screenings and 2D-only screenings. For instance, Blade Runner 2049 is only going to be in uh, 2D in the in November when it comes out. Yeah, forget uh, it. I'm not going to see it. Yeah, well, I know that that's a big blow to you, JBL. Um, but the numbers are actually pretty fascinating here. Uh, uh, the Hollywood Reporter the other the other day had a story out that was uh, talking about how uh, 3D sales are way down. Here's I'm just going to read the first couple lines here. Remember when 3D was Hollywood's savior? In 2010, 21% of total box office revenue in North America, $10.6 billion dollars, uh, or, or 2.2 billion, which was the 3D total, came from 3D ticket sales. That was the year of 3D hits Toy Story 3 and Alice in Wonderland. Additionally, much of the revenue of James Cameron's groundbreaking Avatar, released in December 29, uh, was earned in 2010. Fast forward to 2016, when 3D revenue amounted to just 1.6 billion, down 8% from 2015. That's despite the fact that overall box office revenue hit an all-time high of 11.4 billion. The share of 3D revenue was just 14%. Now it, it, it like it, this is it, audiences don't like it. 
audiences do not like 3D. They don't like having to wear the glasses. They yes. don't like having to pay the extra money. For a variety of reasons, they don't like wearing the glasses. Well, not all of us have beach ball-sized heads. <laughs> but even, and glasses even, on even top those, of it. Even you those of on us, top of your glasses? Yeah, exactly. Those of us who actually wear glasses, as mm-hmm. you and I do, putting the glasses on top of the glasses, it just creates I a, feel like yeah. the screen is smaller, <laughs> not bigger. Well, I feel like my I feel like I have a migraine, because I do every time I have to watch right. one of these dumb now, movies. Uh, JVL... Uh, you're kind of a, a, a germ freak like myself, uh, and uh, do you have issues with when you get the 3D glasses now? Right, I think they, they they're come they're still wrapped. Are they still wrapped when they hand it to you? Depends on which screen. Because when you go, so when you walk into your local theater, they will have like three different racks of 3D glasses, and depending on what screen you're going to see it on, you'll get a different kind of glasses. And when you're done, I think we just put them in. They tell you to put it in the bin. Put and, it in a bin. And what happens well, to I that? I just hand them to a person walking into the theater. <laughs> I say, here, you, you can here, use you, mine. You can use yours. I, geez, I sneeze on them. I was going to say. <laughs> lick, I when, out. when you're done, you lick them. I lick them. I assume I that throw they, it in the bin. I assume they get like, <laughs> you, you, you put the, you know, the, 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 uh, the thing in your mouth when you put like glasses. What do you call this part? You know, the, the stump part. Yeah, you know, I don't mm, know. Let me think about this. Uh, I assume they get, get recycled. I just put it all in Do they mouth. get recycled? No, they, they clean get, them. They clean, they clean them, them and then repackaged back in the bag. Or something. or something. Something. I don't know. Okay. I don't handle movie theater logistics. Uh, yes. I, I just, but they're disgusting know. and yeah, terrible. Right. right. And they blow out the resolution. They mess with the picture. It's it's a terrible experience. I don't know about you guys. I will inconvenience myself to a fairly large degree to not have to see a movie in yes. 3D. Absolutely. Yes. Like I if, go out of my way now. I get yeah. disappointed if I f- make the mistake because you'll do that from sometimes. Yep. They'll say, oh, you don't realize you've purchased the wrong ticket. Yep. For 3D and you walk, I've, that's happened really? to me. Yes, that's happened to you. That happened to me for like uh like the second or third time I saw Rogue confused. One. I just yeah, I just got the ticket. I'm like, oh, and it was worse. Rogue One 3D was worse than. Yeah, I frankly yeah. look if theaters near to need to raise prices, then just raise prices. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. don't make me suffer through an inferior product. Uh, you know, but I I want to give credit to movie theaters for doing something right. Can I do that, or are we still going on 3D IMAX? Uh, no, I was gonna, well. I was going to say what if I had a 3D question Please. for you. Have you ever seen? I'm going to assume Sonny has not because it's after his time, sort of. Uh, before I yes, before my time, before your I time. Yes, that's what, what I meant. Okay. Have you ever seen uh, Captain EO in 3D in Disney World? I saw Captain EO. Oh, I've what? seen Captain EO, not in 3D, but I saw Captain EO. Well, maybe it was in 3D. 3D. How did you not see it in 3D? Right. I must have been. I must have seen it in 3D. You were a baby. I mean, I was like, the, I was like, took the glasses off. I was like six or seven or whatever, but. When we did our high school senior year trip to senior class trip to uh, to Disney World, I made my friends go and sit through Captain Neo. No kidding, five consecutive times. I was blown away by it. Oh, it I thought amazing. it was one of the most amazing, amazing pieces of cinema I'd ever seen. And I just kept saying, "We'd come out, and be like, come on, guys, let's go see it again. Let's go see it again.'" Was, and it's a log. It's a long show. Like Thirty minutes, yeah, or something like that. A lot of kids. Twenty minutes. A lot of kids. Are there kids? No, there's not kids involved. Isn't in Tina this Turner one. in it too? No, Angelica Houston. Angelica plays Houston, the alien yes. queen, and all the, various... like the Borg queen before there was yes. a Borg queen. No, absolutely, that's right. Was it in Disney World or Epcot? Disney or World. It was Disney World, and you had to wear the 3D no, glasses. No, I'm wrong. That was in Epcot. It was Epcot. Like yes. somewhere in Epcot, and you know what I remember? I had watched this on YouTube recently. Um, Michael Jackson had the power to t- change these scary monsters into dancers. But yeah. if you look at the dancers, I'd rather be the scary monster than the 80s dancer. Look, it, they look really this bad. This movie did not age well. No, it did not. Directed by. Is it problematic? 
Uh, Coppola. Yes. Isn't it right? Isn't Francis, Francis, Francis Ford. Ford. How much do you think his check was for that? Billions. Billions. I assume he. Billions. I assume he got paid like a million dollars or something. You know, whatever the whatever. I. Uh, it is. A, I bet it's a sum of money that would not be very surprisingly high right now. Is my point. Yeah, but yeah. at the time, at the time, at the time it was probably sure it was a big deal. Or, so if I can get to pay for his vineyard quickly, JVL, quickly compliment theaters. So my local, my favorite chain. I don't want to say the name of the chain because of corporate problems, but it's an American movie company. Uh, they have recently upped their food offerings to a phenomenal uh, level. They now offer like actual food. Like if you wanted to get a pizza, they do like flatbread pizzas that are pretty good, and you could actually like take your pizza into the movie mm. and eat it and not feel like you're eating yep. ballpark food. But more than that, they have rolled out gourmet popcorn. What is gourmet popcorn? It's just not the normal, you know, movie theater popcorn. It's good popcorn that tastes like you would get it from a popcorn truck, one of the good popcorn trucks in the city. You what is a popcorn cheddar. truck? Like, You've seen that? You haven't seen them in Roslyn? What is a popcorn truck? It's a truck that sells popcorn. <sighs> it's a food popcorn. truck that sells gourmet popcorn, Sonny. How much does a bag of popcorn from a popcorn truck cost? It depends. How much, <laughs> on average, would you pay for one bag of popcorn? It's a very one percent conversation. Why is it that all of your questions to me about the things I love in my life are like, how much money does that cost? Because it's it's it it is I think telling of the absurdity of the popcorn truck that you know it is funny? an expensive thing. I live in Woodbridge so that I can eat whatever effing popcorn <laughs> effing. I want. Okay. Without having to think about it. Do you let remember me, when they said, don't get the butter? Yeah. You don't get the butter. Remember that one? Let me. So they have now cheddar cheese gourmet popcorn at the American Movie Company concession stand, and it is amazing, and it has changed my life. Okay. There. Okay. I am a big fan of, like, premium offerings at, at theaters. The Angelica here in town is just the best. You can, get, uh, you can get really good food. The only problem is they have, like, a snack box that had an apple in it. Once, and I saw a movie where somebody was eating an apple behind crunchy, me. Crunchy, crunchy, crunchy. <laughs> and I was just like, how did you get an apple? Why did you bring an apple in here? And I realized that the theater, the theater was selling it. I was like, this, this is a mistake. We need to, we need to rectify this. Uh, but also the Landmark theaters, I think, are, are the best at this. And the Landmark actually bothers to mask their screens. So I will go to the Landmark before the AMC if I can help it. When I saw the movie this weekend, the worst masking job I've ever seen mm, in my life. Mm, mm. Because it was uneven, the top the top unmasking was like four times the size of the bottom unmasking. So they had not lined the projector up with, and I like I don't want to be. Sonny <laughs> just banged his head on the microphone, and now the microphone is all out of whack. So I always get a little annoyed when I see people in restaurants sending food back and making a big thing. I ordered the mashed potatoes, not the garlic mm-hmm. potatoes. I'm like, this is mm-hmm. too. Uh, I don't want to do that. I hate. I, I'm very uncomfortable about it. But it seems to me not an unreasonable thing to do at a movie theater. You, you have to. And but yet, like, I don't want to be that guy. What? Mm-hmm. So when do you complain? Who do you? So what I want is a Twitter, like an emergency Twitter thing in theater where you yeah, can yeah. text the manager yeah. of the say, theater. Hey, no, no, you say, don't want... come to screen no. eighteen and mask the freaking thing. Well, you can't have that because you can't have people texting in the theater. What I would like is for them to actually just effing pay attention to what. So I saw I saw something at at our local AMC recently. Uh, that was being projected in the wrong aspect ratio. It was no. it was it was being projected in the wrong aspect ratio. The like sides of the screen were blurry uh, and like things were getting cut off at the top and the bottom. So and I I care. just I just realized I was like, wait a second, they they have the wrong aspect. I've never worked in a movie theater and I know that the, it's being projected in the wrong aspect ratio. So I like ran out and caught the guy and I was like, you are projecting it in in the like in the Dolby Atmos 
you know, oh, 18, you left the theater to yell at them about it. I, I left the theater during, and fortunately, I noticed during the. It was for Atomic Blonde, actually, oh, which we're about boy, to discuss. Yeah. Uh, I noticed during the trailers that it was being projected in the wrong aspect ratio because, like the you know the the. Uh, our rating stuff was being cut off at the bottom, whatever. So I ran out there. And I was like, "Hey, can who you, did you go to? I need you to fix this." I, I grabbed the first person I saw. Luckily, it was a kind of older gentleman who seemed to actually give an ass about his job. So he was like, "Oh, okay, let me go check." And I'm sitting there in the theater and I'm watching them go through the various aspect ratios, trying oh to find the right one. And I'm just like, I know there's a, like a, a piece of paper somewhere that says what this is supposed to be mm-hmm. projected in. Why mm-hmm. can't you just find it and turn it on? Fortunately, they fixed it. They oh fixed it, and it was right. It was still it. It, it, it there were still not masked. It, well, no, it it didn't need <laughs> to be masked point. because it's in the Dolby Atmos. It like only projects at a certain ratio or whatever. But like it was fine. The masking was fine. But I I was just like I couldn't believe it. Like I've yeah. you know I've paid yeah. eighteen dollars yeah. for this ticket yeah. or whatever it is, and I like I I just show it right. Show the movie right. In my mind, all movie theater projectionists are Stan from The Simpsons. <laughs> you know the pimply faced kid. <laughs> yeah. Please, sir. I'm not sure. I know how to make the projector work. You're going to tell them to get it fixed, Sonny. Sounds like you made a smart choice. You know what else is a smart choice? Dollar Shave Club. You'll get a great shave at a great price, conveniently delivered right to your door. It's a no-brainer choice. You no longer have to schlep to the store to buy a cheap, disposable razor that gives you a cheap shave or spend a fortune on razors with gimmicky shaving tech you didn't need. When I use my Dollar Shave Club executive razor with their Dr. Carver's shave butter, the blade glides ever so gently and gives me such a smooth shave. Plus, their Dr. Carver's shave butter is transparent for a more precise shave, helps prevent ingrown hairs, and fights razor bumps. Now, listeners to the Substandard Podcast can make the smarter choice by joining Dollar Shave Club. For a limited time, new members get their first month of the executive razor with a tube of their Dr. Carver's shave butter for only $5 with free shipping. After that, razors are just a few bucks a month. That's a $15 value for only 5 bucks. In your first month, you get an awesome weighty handle, a full cassette of four cartridges, and a tube of their shave butter. After your first month, replacement cartridges ship automatically at their regular price. There are no hidden fees and no commitments. Cancel any time you like, but why would you? You can only get this offer exclusively at dollarshaveclub.com slash substandard. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash substandard. So, over the weekend, uh, the box office, uh, Dark Tower came in first, followed by Dunkirk, The Emoji Movie, Girls Trip, Kidnap, Spider-Man, and then finally... At number nine? And number something nine. like that. Number eight or nine. Number eight or nine. Atomic Blonde, Ooh. which has been two weeks, two, two weeks, weeks $8.2 million. Yeah. What happened here? Uh, Wait, so we went, I'm sorry, before we do this, yeah. did we do this again where we did a half hour of the show before we actually get to- 40 minutes. The 40, 40 minutes. 40 minutes. That's good. So Carlos Lozano, you guys saw yep. this. My, <laughs> my, my friend over the Washington Post point said, the point. I just listened to the show for 30 minutes before they got to the point, and I guess that's the point. Carlos, we just decided to take it to, and then we'll yeah. talk to another 10 minutes on there. Do you we're like gonna, it better this way yeah, even? We're going to, next week it's going to be 50 minutes uh, talk we'll put before we get to Detroit. Show in act- we'll get, Detroit, we'll just do an outtake. Yeah, we'll just do it. Uh, God, Atomic Blonde. Terrible show. Atomic Blonde. What has happened to Atomic Blonde? I mean, the thing about Atomic Blonde is that it's a hard R, uh, pseudo John Wick, 
action movie that features uh, a bisexual Charlize Theron playing a kind of tinker, tailor, soldier, spy type uh, hero. And it, it's a weird movie that I am not surprised isn't really faring particularly well at the box office. Uh, I would, I do wish that, like, say, the Emoji movie maybe had dropped a little bit harder than Atomic Blonde in its second weekend, but the, that was not to be. Um, you know, uh, so so that this movie is not a huge success. I'm not shocked by. I'm a little bit saddened because it is good. It's probably the best movie uh, starring a woman adapted from a comic book released this summer. If I could, if I can get out there, if I can, if I can throw that out there. Interestingly, Uh, careful. and it has one really great sequence that I think a lot of people will end up watching on YouTube on their phones over and over again, much to David Well, that's Lynch's where all the money is. Delight. Uh, the, the, uh, there's a scene that kind of takes place in the, uh, in a, in a stairwell. We've seen bits and pieces of it in, in the trailer, but it's, it's a solid 20 minute faux single shot action scene that is not just showy in the way that a lot of these single shot scenes are. It actually works. It has an artistic purpose. You can see the physical toll that a a, a prolonged bout of hand-to-hand combat takes on a person. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I I I like it for artistic reasons. I like it because it is a it's a fun kind of twisty, turny, nervy sort mm-hmm. of spy thriller mm-hmm. type movie. Uh, it's funny in very real ways. James McAvoy plays very solid comic relief in this in this picture um, as a British spy who is uh, possibly a mole, possibly not. You know, right. it's, it's hard to say. Uh, but uh, who has gone feral? Who has who has gone native? As they they say in the movie. Um, and it has John Goodman as kind of a straight man in the interior interrogation scenes that serve as the narrative spine of the film. Basically, the movie uh, takes place in a series of flashbacks narrated by uh, Charlize Theron's character who is talking to Mm -hmm. Toby Toby Jones and uh, John Goodman who are debriefing her. Um, So anyway, it's a movie I like quite a bit, uh, but I can understand why it's not a giant box office smash. Yeah. Do we we have a review of the movie by a a better... A oh, better. Please. Do we have a better review of this movie? I, I hope we do. I was going to say, you know who did? Not a lot of people went to see the movie, but I see him. He just came in. He just walked oh, in. Yes, Gene Shalit, sir. We're review. so glad to have you back in the yes. studio. Thank you. It's good to be back. Charlize Theron delivers a monster performance in David Leach's Atomic Blonde. It's November 1989, and we're about to say Auf Wiedersehen to the Berlin Wall, but guten Tag to Miss Theron, or should I say guten Tight. She plays a spy named Lorraine Broughton, and nothing will stand in her way, so good luck getting past Checkpoint Charlie's Theron. <laughs> Lorraine must interrogate French spy Delphine LaSalle. Ooh la la. Let's just say she doesn't beat around the bush, (laughs) sapphically speaking. And it doesn't take long before she has the French spy speaking in tongues. (laughs) Sonny. (laughs) Midway through, I sort of fell asleep. 
just after Charlie's there and finished interrogating the French spy. I don't know. <laughs> I just got very sleepy watching Lorraine. I felt like I wanted to have a piece of quiche. Lorraine. Still, I give Atomic Blonde three stars. Ich bin ein fan of this movie. And that's the Critics Corner. Gene, that was... That was blue. That was, I don't know if Gene has seen many movies like this. I mean, he might have seen Mulholland Drive, right? Blue is the warmest color. Right? <laughs> uh, so I am... Uh, I am a, I, I did almost spit uh, bourbon all over the control almost? panel. Almost? Almost. I was very I very close. That, was, that made me laugh out loud. Thank okay. you, Gene. Well, you know, he Bye. Knows. He's left. I don't even He's know gone. the next movie Gene's going to see because that is, it, we're getting to that part of the summer now. There's not much exciting going on. It really is. Uh, Gene, it's, it is. It is. The it's, we're I'm now a little nervous about what he summer. would have said about the Dark Tower. <laughs> <laughs> He's a big fan of Idris Elba, I hear. <laughs> Um, uh, JVL, you saw, you saw, you saw. We Atomic all saw it. Blonde. What did you think about Atomic Blonde? Yeah, it's okay. It's uh, not. It's not a great movie. I mean, it's a movie with a bunch of problems. A movie with a, a lot of promise that it doesn't deliver on. Mm. I think uh, it's fifteen minutes too long. There's too much of the blue filter. I mean, my God, uh, it is so heavily stylized in terms of its cinematography. Mm. That I found. I mean, it's, at times it's literally just hard to see what's going on in the details of the screen because the filters they're using are flattening out the picture so much. Uh, it might be my favorite Charlize Theron performance. Thought she was really very, very nice in this role. I thought she was great. Uh, What's no devil's advocate? The eighties <laughs> music soundtrack for me walked oh. right up to the line of nostalgia porn. Yes, mm. and I don't know if it went over it or not. It might have. It might not have. But it was. The bigger problem is that it, it, it was it heavy. called to mind The Americans. The Americans does this and does it better, which I know you don't watch because it's on the televisions. I don't it's watch on, television. Yeah, but everybody, sorry, sorry, every, sorry. now, you know what I mean? Like how many, everyone's playing Major Tom now, right? The Peter Schilling Major Tom, which is, yeah. that, that's yeah. when they play it in uh, this movie as well. But I, I like- The, the I, German I, version though. Yes, yeah, right. Peter Schilling ver- version. Oh, is that what that is? No, 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 no. I could hear 99 balloons in every song and I would be okay with that. I just want, I want that on I Beginning I, with Boogie Nights, by the way. So I like okay. John Wick quite a lot. Uh, I I worry that David Leitch might not be an especially strong storyteller. Um, of the two, the two big action scenes that you talked about, the one that impressed me more actually was not the one in the hallway, but in the apartment room. Uh, and in that scene, what, where, what really impressed me... Where McAvoy takes on... No, no, where Charlize Theron is with... Uh, in the apartment room with her is the defector spyglass. Oh yeah, and there the the, the the guy. Well, no, she's... but that's all part of the same sequence. I mean that that like twenty yes, minutes. Yes, but that, but, but yeah, yeah. when they move out of the hallway and into that room, yeah. the the stuff that they do, Leitcher, whoever his cinematographer is, does with the camera there. I mean, he is moving it in sort of slow sweeping arcs, and I personally would have loved a three camera shot just of the filming of it, watching because it literally must have been choreographed to the inch in the mm. way that a ballet would have been. I mean, people always talk about, like, oh, the violence is balletic ballet. in this. Mm. But the the actual choreographing of this scene, not just with the actors, but with the cameraman in a very small, confined space, must have been really impressively done. Right. And I would have liked to have seen that. Is anybody else tired of James McAvoy? <laughs> I mean, this guy is I, such I, an over-actor. I didn't I see the really, M.I. Shyamalan movie. I didn't see that one. Man, I mean, he is. He chooses split every no, but he chooses. <laughs> he's been like this since Wimbledon, frankly. I mean, in Wimbledon, he is. 
he's in a movie with like three other movie stars and he is just like, do you think he's like begging this? for attention do you think he's like this in the screen. x-men movies the only movies he is not like this in is yeah. is as xavier in the x-men movies i i well i know there there is there is an anti mcavoy element out there right now but there's also like a fiercely pro mac mm. say something bad about james mcavoy on twitter i just want to see what happens yeah. to your <laughs> menchies <laughs> If they go, uh, go R.I.P. Well, I mean, no, but this guy, am I wrong <laughs> about this? That he is, he is, ham, he's a study in ham and cheese. He is looking, he wants to own every scene. It's a bit hammy. He can be a bit hammy, but I actually don't mind that in this sort of role. I, I just, I frankly don't, I don't mind it. Tell you this, he's miscast in this role. I mean, this is, so he is a guy who has been the head of station in Berlin for 10 years and he is like 32 years old. How does that work? I mean, he's like, that's good. He's older than that though. Not all that like much, or I mean, so, so this is well, which gets us into the adaptation problem of this, which we can talk about if you'd like to. We, I'm happy to talk about this. I don't know anything about. I have not read the the comic on which it's based. So, can we talk? I mean, it's got eight million dollars after two weeks. Can we talk with spoilers? Yeah, I think uh, it's okay. Uh, if you really don't want to know about this, then you should turn off. You've already, 50, you, we're fifty two minutes into <laughs> it. So. That's enough. You've already downloaded it. Top five. Hop, hop ahead to fifty five, and we'll talk about spirits. So, so the the comic book is Anthony Johnston's The Coldest City. It is tremendously good. I like it a lot. It is nothing like the movie. It is a very slow, talky uh, story. It is very much like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy in that it is you're being told in retrospective about a mole hunt. And there's almost no action. I believe there's one gunshot fired and it happens off off page in the beginning of the story. <laughs> that's it. Uh, and so that's the big change that they make. They turn it into a giant action movie. There are little changes uh, like Delphine, the uh, lesbian or bisexual Boutella. French Boutella, uh, is in fact a guy in, in, the, mm. in the book. Uh, but the biggest change they make is that the, the the comic book ends, and the big reveal is that Lorraine Broughton was in fact the the double agent all along, and so she, which makes it really interesting because she that wasn't she in the movie? She's she Kaiser Soze. No, but she in is the in movie, the movie as well. They then flip again oh, yeah. mm-hmm. to make her a triple yeah. agent so that she's a good For guy. For the Americans. Yeah. Don't worry. In the no- she's graphic not novel, a she's not a triple. She's just a double. No, in the graphic novel, she's a Soviet oh. spy who's killed oh, all these people to yeah. cover her tracks. Yeah. <laughs> and, and this is, to me, when... Yeah. At, and so like I was, no the whole out. movie, I no was interested out. in how they were going to handle yeah. the ending, whether, Lorraine, uh, mm-hmm. whether Shirley Theron would have been comfortable playing evil like yeah. that. And when they kept her evil and they showed her as being Satchel, the the double agent, I was pretty impressed. And then when they made that turn again, all I could think of was the end of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang when, you know, Gay Perry, you're still alive. And uh, Abraham Lincoln walks out and says, I'm still alive, too. And all these other, you know, but I'm still alive, too. Like it was the most, in a movie which is a hard R movie, which is uncompromising in so many other ways, to then decide... Mm-hmm. Well, we we can't have our lead character be the villain. Like at that point, why bother? I, I like yeah. the ending. I was I, w- I was going to be less happy if it turned out to be. A, I w- yeah, I was I was actually okay with the ending too. I I really? like I I, I like, love though. Don't get me no, wrong. I love No Way Out. Here's here's the which thing, which is a great different ending. But this here's the thing. I like it. I like it when uh, America wins. Yeah. <laughs> Thank That's you. all I care about. That was frankly. the feeling inside you know, me. I, know, I was, I was like, to, "Yes, what is this America? Feeling? America? In my F- gut. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're America. We're, F- yeah. yeah, that's right. I love this movie primarily because it takes place in Berlin, which I've been to 
I don't know, half a dozen times. I love the city, and it's always gray like that. Very gray and moody. The uh, once and future capital of Europe. The once Berlinopolis. And, uh, and I like that, so it was a little nostalgic for me. And uh, uh, I, I thought it was great. And all the great settings, Palace of the Republic, Alexander Plotz, it really is like that. It feels like that. It had a great feel. It also had a very interesting sort of 89-ish feel to it. And they, they made some effort, not to the extent, extent of Lives of Others or Goodbye Lenin, where they really go retro um, of that city at that time. But I, I thought it was pretty good. You made an interesting point uh, in our office about uh, uh, Charlize yeah. Theron's accent. Can you just... Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. I really, uh, I was fascinated by the Stasi agent that she's trying to um, shuttle out. And spyglass? Spyglass. And uh, there's a scene where she's bringing him into the car and she has to uh, beat up some uh, police officers and she yells at them in German and she says to him to get in the car. And he'd been shot, I think, already. He's sitting in the car. They go out for this chase. And when they're driving, he turns to Charlize Theron and he looks at her, this strange look, and he goes... You really need to work on your accent. Your German is terrible. And he looked at her. And that's when I thought, because there are differences between English people who speak German and American German, or Americans with the German. And, I, and she was speaking, I think, German with an American accent. And I think he picked that up as a very good Stasi agent. And I think he knew. Now, this, so, I, I, as, I said, as I said to Vic at the time, I think this may be reading a bit much into it because, frankly, her British accent is not very good either. <laughs> So it kind of comes and goes. Well, no, he knows that she's a traitor the whole time, but though. This is, because but this he is has the thing, the, right, exactly. He knows right, he that she works a, for the Soviets the entire knows, time. He knows that she's the double yes. agent. So, like, this is why this theory might work, yeah, maybe. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Are we going to rank things? Well, oh, I didn't do any ranking. What are we going to rank? Well, I have a ranking that I compiled for us. <laughs> okay. But because it's a little bit on the edge, instead of contextualizing it, I would just like to give you the ranking. Give it. Number five, Mulholland Drive. <laughs> Number four, Blue is the Warmest Color. Number three, Embrace of the Vampire. <laughs> Number two, Wild Things. Number one, Bound. Thank, I, I was waiting for Bound. I was waiting for Bound, and that was number one. And Accurate. these are all uh, a ranking of really interesting crime thrillers. 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 Right. That's good thrillers. Basic Instinct must have been sex. That's also a great thriller. It's in there. Yeah. This, okay. I would say the, the, the Atomic Blonde, yeah. after being prepped for it to be a contender mm-hmm. for this list, mm-hmm. no, not even close. Not even top yeah. 10. Uh, uh, uh. Okay. Okay. Yep. Correct. In terms of being a thriller. Yeah. It's just spirit a, of the Week? Very good. Oh, can we talk about the Spirit yeah, of the Week? Let's talk about Spirit so, of the Week. Spirit so of the good. Week. This so good. Week, JVL's drinking it. JVL is actually drinking it. It's the Old Forester uh, 1920 Prohibition style Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. It is a very solid 115 proof bourbon. It's oh, it is it's so it is sweet and strong fire. and it burns and I love it. I I have to say that this is You're really handsome, we, we've Sunny. Had, we've had a couple. Uh, well, this is getting weird. Uh, we've we've had a couple of really good bourbons in recent weeks, and I just want to throw this out there: the Old Forester uh, Prohibition style may be my favorite of them. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's but it's up there. It helps it's when the there. ice melts a little bit. Yeah, tempers it. Tempers um, it, yeah. You got it. You you put a you put an ice cube or two in there. You let it dilute a little bit because it, again, it's very I strong. Think Old Forester, one hundred fifteen proof. And I think Old Forester was resurrected, but it was one of the earliest yeah. uh, bourbons uh, of this of this great country. And I think it's I saw it bottled. Uh, it's bottled at, uh, where Woodford Reserve is. Yeah. So Old I Forester, there's there's an Old Forester uh, branded bourbon. Go streaking. Oh my God! You're drunk. <laughs> You're drunk. Get is it this, together, Jonathan. Is is this 
tied in with the new Kingsman? So the new yes. Kings, the Kingsman sequel, uh, which looks the, awesome, which looks awesome, which looks amazing, uh, has an old first, uh, old Forster branded bourbon uh, that is that is supposedly like kind of made by the Statesmen, who are the American version of the Kingsman, et cetera, et cetera. Uh. And they're selling it, and it's out there for real. And you know. If the good folks at Old Forester want to have some some solid advertising of their product on a pop culture focused podcast that also has a spirit of the week segment and lots of good drinking listeners, I gotta I have a show for them. Maybe they can uh, maybe they can check this out. You know, it's funny because I you guys may notice is we get people tweeting all the time pictures of their Schufferhofer purchases. People mm. we literally, move product. Well, we move, one of us we moves move product. we move some product. I'm not. I'm not saying that Old Forester should send us a bottle for free to or a drink case, on or the a case, or a for case. That matter, for that but if it happened, I would be pretty okay with that. Pretty okay. Corrections edition. I want free liquor. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for getting to the point there. Uh, corrections editions. JVL. No corrections. Three comments. One. While we were taping the show today because I was bored at one point and just started checking Twitter. Trevor Manning tweeted, <laughs> how many Teslas do I have to firebomb to get the micro editions bumped up to 30 minutes? Uh, you would like them to be 30. Don't bomb any Teslas. Jesus. Come uh, on, people. Two, Jason Cooper. Maybe the best tweet we've ever gotten is Jason Cooper tweeted us a video of his kid doing a sunny bunch with the sand yes. at the beach. Did you see this? No, it's I didn't see good. it. So his kid is like, I don't know, like 12 months old, and they're sitting on the beach, and he's on the blanket, and he puts his foot into the sand, and he yanks it back, and he just has this disgusted face. on it. It's well, fantastic. It's great. To be fair, that is what sand is. It's disgusting. Yes, when you're a child or you. And uh, third is that Kyle Foley and substandard fan, whoever he is, have been live tweeting the show, and the show is, if you like the show as it is, it's 10 times better if you listen to it while they're live tweeting. It's very, it is the pop-up video version of the podcast, and I heartily endorse it. You guys should all yeah. go okay. follow them. I have I have a correction. Oh my a, goodness! Oh, that's right. My wife I sent said, you one. I said, bunch has a I said Olivia Megaton uh, directed the first Taken movie. He did not. It was Pierre Morel. I, was is that what Shannon? I think so. It was a, uh, okay. And that's all the time we are giving to this episode. Questions, comments, complaints, compliments. Tweet us at Victorina Mattis at Sunny Bunch. Again, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play. Yes, Sonny? Uh, last oh. also. I forgot. I forgot that we also need yeah. to bother well, subscribe to us Jonathan. on Stitcher. Just type in Substandard on a podcast and we're there. Leave a review. Tell your friends. Don't forget, Substandard show notes might be up on Friday at 11 a.m. Until yeah. next time. Angel of Death. If you're a wrestler, that would be your wrestling name. Angel of Death. From Tom's River, New Jersey, weighing it at 175 pounds, the Angel of Death, Victorino Lynn Matters. How did you get my weight right? Pre-lunch weight. My pre-lunch weight is 175. Um, I am 5'11". Okay, no. Uh, last week, we were discussing uh, Chinese food buffet rankings. Yes. Um, and... Uh, High up on my list was the Egg Fu Young, particularly the Egg Fu Young that I had at Hunan Garden, which is in our building. It's been there for decades. Uh, we did that recording, and four days later, uh, Hunan Garden closed. Literally. Literally. <laughs> we walked in, and there were there, it was boarded up. 
And so this is like the scene in the X-Men where the young mutant learns the full extent of his powers. And it begins <laughs> with like, hey, I can kill people by talking about them. And now you can kill businesses <laughs> yeah. by Mr. talking Rod's about dead. them. This has been an establishment in Rosalind for a god. <clears throat> for like god decades. Knows, for decades. Literally decades. Dim sum was so. all there's so many, People had yes. weddings there. Yeah, people had weddings there. Dim sum on weekends. So I, I just want to throw this out there. In addition to begging for free bourbon, we will also uh, pay, if you pay us money, agents and possibly old actors who don't have agents anymore, if you pay us money, Vic will not mention you on the show. <laughs> it's protection you just send us money. A check, you just send us a check and Vic will not ever say your name. And if you send us a little more, he'll mention somebody you hate. <laughs> How about that? Oh, do, you sure. think that do you think that will uh, be okay with the police? I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> 